0: Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Hello. Thank you for coming back to church. Well, you're welcome, sister. From another mister. (laughs) So, I want to say that like after all these years of serving the Lord through preaching and in all kinds of uh, capacities in the church world... Um, I, and 49 years of holding microphones and declaring God's goodness. I, I'm feeling in this season of my ministry and I'm about to, 2024 will mark 50 years. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in my 49th year and I actually, uh, I'm about to enter my Jubilee year of preaching. I think I'm reduced to these kinds of desires that I want to allow God to speak through me in a way that removes obstacles in your life so that you can experience a free flow of God's goodness and God's promises and God's provision and, and the prophetic uh, nature of your God factoring in you into a future and a hope. I think way too many of uh, God's people are uh, in entanglements that are unnecessary for, uh, it's just unnecessary for us to be hindered in our lives, that either Jesus uh, eliminated and obliterated and erased our past, or he didn't. And the Bible is pretty clear that even if you remember your past, you have to make a decision to forget what lies behind and to press forward to what lies ahead. And and sitting out in this wonderful group of people this this evening is a, a cumulative uh, expression of God kind of desires. Every one of you have desires in your heart that are deposited by the Lord himself, that you are on the planet to carry out what God has put in your heart. God doesn't put stuff in your heart to frustrate you. He puts stuff in your heart to give you a glimpse of why you're here, amen? And so so often we uh, allow our pedigree or lack thereof or our experiences or our failures or our disappointments or people or places or things to get in the way And create this thing that I call double vision. And and double vision is when you're seeing double. And if you're seeing double, you got trouble because you're seeing double. And you might even have double trouble because you're seeing double. That there needs to be in this season, I believe, in our nation... And I'm not really being led by the Lord to go to other nations at this time. I just don't feel like it. I get invitations. I just don't want to go. I feel like my voice is for America right now. Uh, And I just don't, I can't see myself. I mean, I actually turned down an invitation to meet with a president of a country, and I just didn't go. I said yes, and then I said no, because I just like, I ain't going. Uh, I got to go to the gym. You know, I just I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go. And uh plus it's a full-time job staying sexy and it's not even working. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. You're amen to that. Okay, anyway. I don't know what happens. It's like everything just goes down. It it, it you know, it I'm not going to get into it. But I mean, I have spanks on underneath what I'm wearing right now just to hold everything up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I was going to say I borrowed him from Dwayne, but you wouldn't have believed it because he's bigger than me. But anyway, so, so when we have this double vision, it causes this inability for us to have a laser focus. And then you need to understand that whatever you focus on first is producing what's in your life now. So whatever is in first place in your life is adding to your life. It's not just the kingdom first adds to your life, whatever's first adds to your life. And so I, I wanna maybe uh, begin a, a conversation with you this evening, and I don't know how much of it I will get to, but I, I eventually wanna talk to you about the seven things that contribute to double vision and double-mindedness. But I want to lay some foundation, and if I start getting to those things, I will. If I don't, uh, I'm praying that I'm not a visitor for the last time. Uh, maybe I'll get to those things next time I'm with you. But um, So I want to go after what I believe is a major obstacle to living the fulfilled life, to living the abundant life, to living the fulfilled life the satisfied and gratified life, the promise-filled life, a life that is lived with a free flow of God's promises and answered prayer. And so once we remove what I categorically describe as the roadblock to blessing, once we've dealt with this thing God's way, and I hope to get to that tonight, uh, we can be, once we deal with it God's way, then we can be on our way to living the blessed life that cost Jesus his life to give us and purchase for us in our life. So let's look at a couple things. Uh, a couple scriptures. One, Mark eleven twenty four, 24. Very famous uh, word of faith scripture. Uh, it could be the, the, the scripture that the door of faith uh, the hinges swing on this scripture. Um, this is the hinges of the door of, of faith. But Jesus said this, and I, I, I think this is pretty profound that these are the words of Jesus. He says that, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, everybody say desire. Now, let's, now let's look at this progression. He says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them and then they will manifest in your life. Now, let me, let me just say a couple things. Number one, there is never a biblical resistance to your desires. You are possessing desires Because God has deposited those desires. The the book of Psalms says that God has given you the desires that are in your heart. It doesn't mean he's granting you the desires in your heart. It means he's planted the desires in your heart so you have a prophetic picture of your future. Now, this is what happens. When our desires are delayed, sometimes delay brings doubt. But delay is actually Allowed in our life because the longer it takes, the stronger we're supposed to get. So God doesn't allow things to be delayed in your life to diminish your faith. He is allowing resistance to build your faith. So the longer you've been waiting, the stronger you become in faith if you're going God's way. So sometimes, is God ever gonna do this? Is he ever gonna, where's my husband at? If he met you now, it wouldn't last. Come on, somebody. If ye met the version that you are now, he would last, you guys would last six weeks and then it'd be the annulment. Amen, somebody? You just, you're not ready to carry, your character isn't to the place, your faculties aren't to the place to carry the weight of the blessing that you're desiring. So what does God do? He allows delay in order to build our strength in our faith. Listen, I promise you, when I started at the gym, I wasn't pushing as much as I'm pushing now. Why? Because I hadn't been there long enough. I couldn't bench press what I needed to bench press, what, I was, what my goal was, what my desire was on the first day. I had to keep going to the gym. I had to keep experiencing and coming in contact with resistance to get stronger. That's why the Bible says submit to God and bench press the devil and he'll flee. You resist the devil. The reason why the devil leaves is because you're getting too strong because he keeps prolonging the promise. And God allows that. So I don't know what you're desiring from God, but let it take as long as it takes because he's preparing you to be able to have the spiritual strength to carry what you're desiring. Somebody say amen. amen. So he says, what's for everything you desire when you pray? The problem is not with the desire. And the problem is not with the prayer. Because those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you're not going to God if you don't first believe that God is able to do what you're asking him to do. So our arrangement with God is not problematic when we have a desire and when we pray. We're talking about a pattern here. So there's a biblical pattern to get what you desire to manifest in your life, but you don't go from desiring it to getting it. You desire it, then you pray. And you pray to a God that you believe has the capability and the wherewithal and the desire and the power to give you what you're praying for, to give you what you believe it for. Otherwise, why pray? Why are we praying to a God who's reluctant to give you the desire that he gave us? That doesn't seem smart, amen? Talk to me, people, amen? Okay, so the problem doesn't come. Double vision does not come in the desire. Double vision is not an issue where we have fragmented focus, a diminished impetus, and you, don't have any, and you don't have any empowerment to power through contrary winds. You don't have the power when you are double-minded. Your impetus is, re- is, is reduced. It's like me uh, trying to slug this guy in the face with my finger. What's that going to do? I'm about to knock you out. He ain't going down. I don't think he'd go down with all of my fingers, but I'm just saying. Let me find a girl I can hit. Okay, anyway. (laughs) So so when we have a fragmented focus, it's like trying to punch our way through life in spiritual warfare with punching with a finger instead of all of our faculties coming together and punching with force, amen? Fragmented focus causes a diminished impetus. A diminished impetus creates a... a a reduction in our empowerment to power through contrary winds or opposing forces in our life. So when you get a single focus, you bring it all together, and then you can punch your way into your destiny, amen? Because it's a fight. So he says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you've got to believe. Now, I don't think that the problem lies in between desiring, praying, and believing. Because those who come to God must first believe, so you would't never come to God if believing was the problem. You believe that there's a God that can answer your prayer, He has the capability, he has the ability, he has the resource. He has the supply to give you exceedingly abundantly what you're able to ask or think. So you believe, that's why you're going to Him. It started with a desire. Now you're praying, now you're believing, that God is able. So we're not having any problems yet. <laughs> See, the word believe means that I'm trusting God. We wouldn't pray to a God we didn't trust. And that we can not just trust him, but entrust our request to him. Believe means I'm committing it to him. I'm, I'm putting it all in his hands. I'm... I'm concerning concerning the outcome of what I'm asking for, I'm trusting God to produce the outcome. So the things I'm requesting are in God's hands to manifest. I believe that what I'm believing for is true. I'm persuaded of it. And I have confidence of this very thing that he who began a good work in me will complete it until Jesus comes. So I'm praying, I'm desiring, I'm praying, and I'm believing. That's not where the problem is. Here's the problem in between believing and receiving. That's when we get double-minded right there. We, we believe that God can do it, but we fluctuate believing God's gonna do it for us. Come on, somebody. We know God can heal, but we're wondering if he's gonna heal us. We know that God knows how to prosper people. We've heard it. We've heard stories. We've watched it on television. We've seen, we've gotten all these reports about people's businesses. But are we, can He do it for me? So we we desire, we pray, we believe, but can we receive? And in between believe and receive is the attack of double-mindedness. Am I telling the truth? This is where The struggle is. This is where the fight is. You know what receive means? Receive means (laughs) I'm taking it as mine. It means I'm getting a hold of this before I'm getting a hold of it. It means I'm seizing it. It means I'm taking it with me. It means I'm getting my spiritual Tupperware and I'm taking leftovers home to my house after I get the dude with the food on Sunday morning. I'm taking that stuff home with me and I'm gonna eat it all week long. So when I receive it, it's mine. How many all got weird family members? All these hands go up, praise the Lord. We, My wife has the weirdest sister in the world. I hope she's watching. <laughs> Somebody find her and send her the link. I need to get this off of my chest. Praise the Lord. She's just weird. Well, maybe, maybe we're weird to her. I don't know, but we're different. But she's really different. Like, you look in the dictionary, weird, different. There's her picture. She's just a weird person. So, so like, we're having, I don't know if I've told you this before, but this is, like, this is weird. It's like we're having, you know what? when you have Christmas dinner, everybody's supposed to bring something? Like, you bring the sweet potatoes. You bring the cornbread. Make sure grandma puts her foot in it. Come on, somebody. You know. <laughs> You bring the you bring the uh, mashed potatoes. You bring the stuffing. I'll bring the turkey. You bring the dessert. She brings frozen Halloween pumpkin cookies to Christmas dinner for dessert, and they're broken. Can you bring a pumpkin pie? Can you swing by the doggone grocery store and get a German chocolate cake? Is there any, can you do something? Frozen pumpkin cookies from, from, from uh, Halloween. And I don't know how many is old they are. I'm like, this is dessert. Just Well, I had it, you know, I wanted to get rid of it. You don't get rid of stuff on Christmas dinner. You're weird. She's the girl who invites us over her house for dinner, serves us frozen chili that isn't all the way thawed out with McDonald's napkins that she stole from McDonald's on the table with the arches punched in them. Come on, somebody. Weird. And then she wants my leftovers. (laughs) She's believing that she is receiving. Come on, somebody. (laughs) She gets into my cupboard, takes my Tupperware, takes my turkey breast stuffing, cranberry sauce, puts it all in my Tupperware, puts it in my plastic bag, takes it to her house, and then gives me my Tupperware back for my birthday. You're laughing. I got to live this. (laughs) I'm trying not to say nothing. That's why I have to tell you about it. So when I see her, I'm like, how you doing? (laughs) That's what we need to do. (laughs) If I'm lying, I'm dying. This is my wife's sister. I'm like, you got a weird family. That's what we need to do. With what we believe God wants to do in our life. You go get the Tupperware. You take the parts of the message, the parts of God's Word, you take the promises of God and you stick them in that Tupperware and you put them in a bag and you carry that around like your lunch. You feed on God's promise. You believe that you receive it. Then, Jesus said, then it'll manifest in your life. Not just desiring it, not just praying for it. Listen, this is the pattern that God gives us. Now, let me just explain to you about pattern. I talked a little bit about this this morning, but let me just break this off. God's pattern produces God's presence. You cannot, and whatever God's presence is, all that he is, is. So whenever God comes, everything that God is comes when he comes. So peace comes, provision comes, healing comes. The problem isn't when he comes. The problem is to get him to come. How do we get him to come? We have to build according to his pattern. Now, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Where are you, pastor? Somebody, somebody take Dwayne out of here. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it. You cannot have God's presence in your marriage if you're not married, if you're a man and you're not married to a woman. It, it can't happen. You can be married, you could have some politician vote that it's legal, but you don't have God's presence in that marriage. Why? It's not God's pattern. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and join together with his wife, who's a woman, who has a uterus. I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't write the rules. I, there it is. I don't care about that, you know, that's, that's you know, that's obsolete. No, 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 no. For this reason, you're joined in marriage. You have to do God's pattern to get God's presence in your marriage. Once you have God's presence in your marriage, then you have his power, you have his peace, you have his provision, you have his healing, you have his direction, you got the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling you God doesn't love you if you marry somebody that's the same sex, but your marriage is not recognized by God. Period. In heaven, they're like, what? No, 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 no. You got to do God's pattern. You want God's presence in your house? Have a God-centered home, not a teenager-centered home. Not a youth sports-centered home. I'm going to go over here. Not a husband-centered home. Not a wife-centered home. Not a self-centered home. A God-centered home. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And may I also say, you guys all right? I've gone to meddling now. I've gone to meddling. I'm probably not even going to preach my message now because I've just gone to meddling. And they don't give you no time in this church to preach. i got like seven minutes left. Okay, but listen. There's this thing in America right now. Amen. That's called toxic masculinity. Now, women who want men to be women... And men that want women to be men have got some toxic stuff going on. Okay, let me tell you, men, what we need from you. Let me tell you what America needs from you. We need you to be our spiritual leaders. We need, not, listen, we need you to be our providers. We need you to be our protectors. We need you to be our prayers. We need you to get your family up on Sunday morning and say, get your rear ends in the car. We're going to God's house. If you're in my house, we're in God's house. I ain't mad at nobody, but the absence of those things is toxic masculinity, not the presence of those things. What's toxic about masculinity is men who won't be masculine. If I may suggest with all humility and gentleness. So you got God's pattern. It brings God's presence. The pattern is desire, pray, believe, receive, get it. It's the arrangement God has with you. You're not going to get it if you don't do it that way. You don't just, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. How come you're not doing it? Well, you gotta get to receiving it. So, God's pattern, God's presence, God's presence, God's power. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living life trying to push this thing through my human faculties alone. I can't move the needle with my good looks and cute personality. Not happening. I tried to go pay the electric bill the other day with my looks. Like, we need a check. Well, don't I look good enough for you? No, you have to write a check. Like, you're not going to move the needle because you're you. You have to do something. So you have to have empowerment in your Christianity and in your Christ following. And listen, isn't it wonderful to know that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickens your mortality? Listen to me. You have... You don't have limits. You're not limited to your human faculties as a Christian. You have advantages. Because you have the power of God pumping through your life. Stop whining about your situation and start obliterating it with the power that's working in you. With all due respect. Then once you have empowerment, you can move into peace. Without God's power, without God's presence, without God's pattern, you have no peace. And I told you this morning, peace is the platform from which you possess God's promise. You're never going to get the materialization and the manifestation of your desire until you learn how to get peace, make peace, have peace, live in peace, walk in peace, and operate from the platform of peace. You can't do it without power. And you can't, do, you can't have no power without presence. And you can't have no presence without pattern. What's the pattern? Desire, believe. Desire, pray, believe, receive. It's the arrangement you have with God. And then once you have God's peace, you get God's promise. Now let's get back over to this. So in between believe and receive is this thing called double-mindedness. So let's look at this for a minute. Y'all all right? I just want you to just walk out of here going, I'm getting what I'm believing for. In fact, I already got it. It's in my Tupperware. <laughs> in Jesus' name, I got me some spiritual Tupperware up in here. Amen. Okay, so James chapter one, I, I don't mean to be harsh. It's just natural to my disposition, but I, I want to I bring clarity to this. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Let's identify the holdup. James, the apostle, the brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, is talking about getting what you're asking for. Now, in this case, he's talking about wisdom, but I believe this applies to all things. He says, but when he asks, verse 6 of James 1, He must ask in faith without any doubting. Where do you doubt? Where do I doubt? In between believe and receive, here comes the doubt. Am I right about it? I mean, I don't know how you're living. The reason why you don't have what you desire is because we doubt it in between believing and receiving. That's my problem. We get so close. We can, our ship hasn't come in, but we can see it from here and then it turns around. You know. I mean, like we gotta receive it. This is where the work is. He said, listen, that man must ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now listen to me. The word wind there is the Greek word, life causes agitation. So it means that you're tossed by life situations agitating you. So why do you get agitated? Because you're doubting. Because if you're walking without doubt, you got the doubt out, you got clout in your shout, then life can hit you however it's going to hit you, but it's not going to agitate you and get you out of position for possession. You can tell when you're in agitation because there is no peace in agitation. And so when we're outside of peace, we've allowed life to agitate us. We got employee agitation. We got marital agitation. We got financial agitation. We got political agitation. We got racial agitation. We got agitation. We got agitation everywhere. Stop it. Agitation is taking you out of position for the possession of your desires. We're not getting blown away by what these crazy people are doing in our nation. Let them deal with us. We're the kingdom kids around here. We got the power of God up in here. Go ahead and knock yourselves out with your craziness. I'm going to remain in peace, possess God's promise, and everybody that's lost their mind is going to want to be us. Let me keep on going. So he said, listen, stop doubting. For that man ought not to expect That he'll receive, everybody say receive. See, in between believe and receive, here comes the doubt. Here comes the double-mindedness. That man will receive nothing from the Lord. Let that man who doubts set his expectation at zero. I'm reading the Bible. Don't get mad at me. Like, talk to Jesus tonight. Why did that get in there? It's true. The man that can't get from believe to receive and gets tossed around and agitated and irritated with the timing and the configuration of your situation. Let that man, let let, let him set his faith at this. You're not going to get nothing. You're not going to receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now listen, if you're unstable, you're unable. If you have stability, you have ability. Okay, no, because I have to drive in the car with Pastor. He'd be like, you went three minutes over. You're not getting a check this time. And everybody knows I'm up here. I'm going to holler for a dollar up in here. That's what's going on. No, it's just, let me me just say this. David, get on the keys if you don't mind, if you're in the house. I don't know where you were this morning, but if you wouldn't mind, Can you walk a little faster like your wife's asking you to fix the sink or something? and you running out down this? (laughs) (sighs) So how do we remedy this? Next time I'm here, I'll talk about the seven things that cause double-mindedness. One of them is you're offended because God isn't answering your prayers fast enough. Number two is iniquity, a proclivity toward weakness. And your weakness has got you focusing on that instead of focusing on that. Next one is bad company, running around with knuckleheads thinking that you're going to convert them when they converted you. Anyway, I'll get into that later. So how do we fix this? How do we change this? How do we break the power of double-mindedness? It all boils down to one thing. We have to get a laser focus on the kingdom and our redeemed identity. Seek first the kingdom of God And righteousness. So no more mistaken identity. No more identity theft. No more doubting who you are and whose you are. No more of that. You deserve it because Jesus says you deserve it, not because you deserve it. The Jesus in you is what deserves the promises of God, not you. You just happen to have the right guy on the inside of you. And so God will deal with you according to Jesus, not according to you. So everyone in this room is a kingdom person. But not everybody in this room is a kingdom first person. Oh, you're all kingdom people. You don't come come to church at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in the rain if you're not a kingdom person. Part of your kingdom first. Jesus said you got to seek first. And then, how often do you get talked out of that you're the righteousness of God in Christ? How many days of your life do you spend feeling guilty and sitting at the negotiating table with shame and kicking around your regrets when all that went on him and all His righteousness went on you. What? Not not only do you seek first the kingdom, but you seek first the righteousness of God that you are in order to get what you're asking for. It's not gonna happen. God's not releasing promises to guilt-ridden, shame-tutored, beat-down people. Stop already. Like I'm the righteousness of God. Well, I made some mistakes. God doesn't remember. Amen. Amen. I tell my church all the time God loves me. He's smarter than all y'all. I know what your problem is. <laughs> if God loves me and you don't, mm, I think I'll go with Jesus. So, how do you know your kingdom first? Two ways. Number one. The kingdom of God works this way. What makes you most, the greatest evidence that your kingdom first. Number one. How quick you forgive. How quick you forgive other people. And how quick you forgive yourself. If you're not kingdom first, you got to go to therapy. You got to find out whose fault it is. You got to process your pain. Why don't you give that one hundred fifty bucks an hour to the house of God Amen. and just believe what the Bible says? Now, look, I'm not look. Somebody's going to be a counselor and up in here and say you're telling people nothing. And that's not what I'm saying. But if you're counseling somebody, counsel them to go kingdom first. Well, there's things in our past. I know. I could lay on your couch for the rest of my life. I got things to do. (laughs) I tried all that. You get stuck. But listen, when you become kingdom first minded, you're committed to forgive. I don't know what you've been hanging on to. But whatever you're hanging on to cannot be the filter that you judge and assess incoming data. So when you're offended or hurt, that's the lens that you judge everything by. Oh, I've seen this before. Well, you're going to see it again unless you forgive. I just have a trust issue. Well, you need to get rid of that. Well, you know, I've been mistreated. Okay, well... Welcome to breathing air. I've been misunderstood. Well, the problem is you're a woman. You're trying to be understood by a man. (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) I just want him to understand me. Take it to the grave, girl. It ain't happening. (laughs) forgive second way you know you're laser focused you give it's God's good pleasure to give the kingdom God so loved the world that he gave the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger The world of the stingy, smaller and smaller. That's a scripture. You're most like God when you're forgiving and when you're giving. If you can forgive and give, you're positioning yourself to have a laser focus to receive Because you're not preoccupied with double vision, double-minded. You've settled on the fact, I'm going to let it go and give it to God. And I'm going to give God my time, my talent, and my treasure. And it'll translate into the blessed life. the whole life the free life the unoffendable heart we'll walk in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit not not people you feel me? I don't have time to get into all this like I wanted to but can we not just be kingdom people But can we be kingdom first people and righteousness first people? Then watch what happens to your prayer life. You'll be like the favor of God surrounds the righteous like a shield. I got so much favor that a fiery dart of the devil can't do a doggone thing. Why? I'm the righteousness of God. How do you know? Because I'm seeking that first. I'm believing. Like if you don't volunteer at the church, start volunteering. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Hand somebody a bulletin when they walk in. If you're going to church once every six weeks, come twice every six weeks. Like just turn it up. Give time. Time. Work with young people. Coach some kids. Pour your life into somebody else. Take some of your money and put it in the bucket. Take your talent and sing or play or serve. Kingdom first, man. And then make a covenant with yourself that you're not going to spend one more day of your life walking in shame and guilt. Guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. Neither of them are from God. Walk free. Free. Freely you've given. Freely you have received. Receiving's the deal. Let's get all the double-mindedness out of the way. Amen? You good? Amen, I'm done. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.